This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Clean Cause. Crack open a Clean Cause organic herba mate and power through your day with 160 milligrams of caffeine that won't cause crashes. It won't cause the jitters like coffee and some of the other energy drinks uh, might do. Now, Clean Cause recently launched a new line as well of non-carbonated herba mate uh, drinks in four amazing flavors. And uh, I think I said this last week, but I got to reinforce it, man. My two favorites out of the two new ones, the lemonade and tea, uh, which some of you might know is the old classic. They don't, uh, Clean Cause doesn't call it the Arnold Palmer, but that's what I would refer to, the old lemonade and tea. And then also the mint and honey, which I was quite surprised was very, very good. Uh, so be sure to try both of those. Uh, each can is sweetened with organic cane sugar. There's no artificial preservatives or sweeteners. Uh, here's the best part. Every sip makes a difference in the fight against addiction. And so we don't only partner with Clean Cause just because we like the drinks, which of course we do, but Clean Cause donates 50% of their net profits to support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. So it's just a, a great company. Um, they'll ship a case right to your door. So you don't have to go to the store. You can find them in all different stores around you too. Uh, but you go on there and um, you go on the website, go to cleancause.com. Um, and take advantage of this limited time offer for this month's Sober Guy listeners. They're giving 25% off your subscription for life. So all you got to do is use the uh, promo code SOBER, uh, grab a boost, live better, transform lives, go to cleancause.com, enter the promo code SOBER at checkout, save 25% and get that case of Clean Cause shipped directly to your door. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. You can find more podcasts, more resources, and also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes, so they're easy for you to find. Shout out to Humans Music coming to us all the way from Canada. If you like the intro, be sure to check those guys out. Humans Music and find them on all the major music platforms. Great friends of the show, got some great jams. Our guest today is Jason Howe. Jason is the director for Canines on the Front Line. He's also a combat veteran of the U.S. Navy. And after being diagnosed with PTSD and facing struggles with reintegration, uh, he turned to drugs to cope. Uh, he's now a best-selling author and recently launched his first book titled Unleashed, the powerfully simple uh, path to adapt and overcome trauma, addiction, and the silent battle with mental illness. The story of defying the odds empowers those he serves uh, through his nonprofit, uh, through speaking and also consulting. And we'll talk a little bit about all that stuff today. Uh, Jason, coming to us all the way from Missouri, my friend. It's great to be with you today, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man, it's great to be here. And, you know, it's an honor to be on your show. I uh, love what you do. And I'm just glad to be a part of it and try to help others. So appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, I, absolutely. Sorry, I cut out our, our connection was a little bit uh, choppy there for a quick second, but I think we're I think we're back and okay. But um, yeah, man, I, it's really an honor to have you on. Uh, like we chatted real, you know, briefly before we started recording. I just appreciate you, man, and appreciate your service. Thanks for serving our country, um, and for all the great work that uh, that you and your team are doing, um, you know, today. And uh, I think a, a maybe a great way. Well, first of all, let, let me let me start with this. On October twenty second. Uh, which is coming up soon, man. You're gonna have seven years of uh, of continuous sobriety. So congratulations on that, man. 
Thanks, brother. It's been a journey, and you know, I'm just glad to be on this side of the fence now and uh, being able to help others that are struggling as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, why don't well, so let, let's let's just dive in and, and maybe those for uh, for those out there listening, uh, give us a little background about yourself. Um, you know where where you're from and uh, what what led you up to this point uh, today. So yeah, I'm uh, you know originally from Maine and I grew up playing sports, baseball, hockey, and and football, and kind of was going nowhere. Went into a little bit of uh, you know experimental drugs with you know cocaine and meth and or not cocaine and meth, but uh, cocaine and uh, marijuana and you know decided to join the military so i moved back home to maine joined uh did five years in the military two deployments one to afghanistan and one to iraq Mm. um you know i met my my ex-wife now who we have two kids together uh met her in the military and she was from a little teeny town in in missouri called westphalia and I think I've seen more cows and pigs than I have people, but um, <laughs> I love the country now, but, um, you know, I got back here and I ran into a lot of trouble. So what was, uh, yeah. what, and, and feel free to dive as deep or if you, you know, don't, if you're not up to this, it's totally cool too. But I'm just curious, like what, um, Afghanistan, what Iraq was like for you? Um, a lot of stress, yeah. uh, a lot of tension, um, always being on alert, always being on guard, um, never know it if you're going home. Uh, the best thing to do is pray every day that, you know, God would bring us home. So um, some of us came home, some of us didn't. So mine's more of the, see my brothers die in front of me and, and kind of, you know, struggling with that and not being able to handle it and taking it upon myself to to take away the pain and the, and the struggles that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I t- talk about this often, the ability to use a tool like alcohol or drugs or, um, you know, some, something, some sort of substance to escape and not have to feel. And so did you find yourself in that, you know, in that boat per se, like, man, like I just, this is just difficult and I, I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to turn to, you know, drinking or using drugs. Absolutely. You know, it was more like we were always on the go. So that adrenaline was always pumping. So when I got cocaine or, you know, meth into my system, mm. I felt like, back overseas fighting a war and I was, you know, my, my adrenaline was pumping and everything and it gave me exactly what I needed. So I didn't have to feel anymore. Do you hear that a lot um, from first responders who are even back home, maybe police officers, firefighters, um, anyone who's, who kind of has that high intense, uh, high adrenaline based job. And obviously I know not every hour of the workday is like that, but there's certain blocks of it where you're probably going from zero to a hundred in two seconds. Um, do you, do you work with a lot of people that are dealing with that too? Yes. I, I, I work with a lot of law enforcement officers, a lot of, um, you know, fire department, you know, paramedics and stuff. Yeah. Um, just every cult, because it, like you said, when you have that moment, when you're going from zero to a hundred, it, it's, it's hard to shut it off. Yeah. So you're always looking for that. It's like that itch that you're trying to find and, you know, it's just like the drug. You're never going to get that top hit again. And, and get that high again, you're always going to keep searching for it. So, yeah. How do you, uh, how do you counter that? I imagine it doesn't happen overnight. Number one. I mean, there's probably a lot that goes into it and a lot of work and, and like anything, a, a practice, but, um, what are some things that you've found to help? Um, you know, obviously you just wrote a book too, which we'll talk about a little later, but you know, I, I know for me, like, and I hear this from a lot of other people that writing, 
um, you know, it's, it's also, it's a creative outlet, but it also helps to get some of that stuff out that maybe we bury down or we don't want to necessarily talk about. Um, what, what are some of the tools that you suggest or that you've seen other people use that help? So for one is, you know, listen to podcasts like yours. Um, it gives you a lot of motivation, a lot of different avenues that you can take to kind of change your life around and restructure how you want. Um, mine was my service dog. Um, it, I would never leave my house. I was always having the curtains closed. I would just, you know, keep using drugs. And she got me out of my house. Um, a lot of it's, you know, being vulnerable, letting people know, hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, you know, as men, you know, we're, we're, we've brought up and it's been engraved in our heads. Don't talk about it. Just deal with it. Suck it up. Move on. Well, there's times that you can't suck it up and move on. And you've got to talk about it because what happens is we go back into the drugs or we go back into drinking or, you know, that mental illness really kicks our ass. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Sometimes it, you just like, it's funny, like even I've obviously done a, a lot of work and continue to do that, you know, a practice of, of just trying to live a, a better life and communicate. And there's times like still where, I just don't want to talk about stuff. <laughs> and I know wow. like, I, I know what the right thing to do is. I know like that I need to talk about this, but I just, just don't want to. And it's really hard to sometimes. So like, I feel anyone listening out there, like, you know, well, you know, it sounds easier said and, and I'm sure, it can, I mean, can you relate to that too? Oh, absolutely. This stuff I still don't want to talk about, but yeah. Uh, you know, over the years of continually talking and, and kind of working on myself, it's gotten easier. It doesn't mean it's, it's perfect, and I don't think we'll ever be. Nobody is, but the only thing we can do each day, each second of the time, each moment at a time, is continue to try to work on what our struggles are and really dig deep on yeah what's finding problem going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you 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 mentioned uh, you mentioned your service dog too. It's it's so amazing to me, like how um you know how powerful the the connection is between um. A, a dog or you know just there's something that is so therapeutic about it about having that relationship and that i guess it for for me like uh our dog um he passed away about it almost a year ago but man he was just such a great part of our family and he was um it's like it's like endless um non-judgmental love on a daily basis no matter how shitty my day was like he doesn't care <laughs> you know what i mean like he and he's just happy to see me you know and it was just so it was just it's just so awesome and so i was hoping maybe you could tell us a little bit about your service dog and like kind of how that how that helped you and how it might be able to help others out there too if they're struggling yeah absolutely i mean she was two days away from being euthanized in the kill shelter in georgia and the organization canines on a frontline rescuer gave it to me. Um, but it's, it's one of those things like she was on her, you know, rock bottom. I was too. And she has now been saved. And it was like, when we first met, she looked at me, you know, came running around, jumped up on me. And she was like, I got you. You're going to mm -hmm. change your life. You just don't know it yet. And it's just cool. every time we go anywhere or anything we do, she is so excited to go. She's excited to be with me. If there's times that I have to leave her home for something, I come back. She is so excited, um, just happy, and it just makes you in a better mood because yeah, you know they on the unconscious level or unconscious state, and you don't even know. Like if you're stressed out, they're like, "No, you're not going to be stressed out very long. I have you. Yeah. You're going to get in a, in a better mood." It's just really cool to see what a dog can do to really bring you out of a funk. Yeah, totally. It's I I crack up too because there'd be times like 
I'll go to the store. Let's just say I'll go to the store to grab some milk. Like the store is right down the street, right? And leave and then come back and, you know, our dog's name was Brody. Brody would be so damn happy to see, like he hadn't saw me in months. Like I'm, bro, I was gone for five minutes. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> just so excited, man. And it's just like, it's so genuine. And it does, it, may, it makes you feel so good and just kind of let go of all the stupid stuff that we don't have control over and, and realize and remember that a connection and love is, is, is really, uh, you know, the most powerful thing and, and healing thing at the same time too. Absolutely. And that's what she's done to me. She's taught me how to be real and be human again. And she's also taught me unconditional love. Yeah. So, you know, because of her, you know, I'm now married, we have, you know, a blended family and it's, it's just been actually really incredible yeah. when my life was to where it is now. I'm um, just by working the steps and having a dog kind of be yeah. there for me to help me get to that point so I can kind of take care of myself. So, yeah. So, so let, let me, let me back up again and cause I, I kind of derailed us, but I just love just chopping it up a little bit too, but I want to hear more. So you, you, you go off to uh, join the military. I think you said you did five years, a couple um, different um, tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, when you get home, like what, what kind of happens next as, as you kind of reintegrate back into, into civilian life and try to figure it out? Yeah. So I, I came back to Missouri where my, my wife at the time was from and I knew absolutely nobody and not knowing anybody and also dealing with PTS, um, post-traumatic stress. It, it's very difficult. You know, you're in a, you're in a town in an area that you know, absolutely nobody. And I went through a quick divorce my kids were one and three at the time. So I absolutely knew nobody. Yeah. And, you know, I just started struggling. I didn't know what to do. And it just got to be boredom. Um, didn't want to open the curtains. Didn't want to go outside. I'm like, I'm going to hibernate inside of my house because this is what I know I'm safe. I don't want to go down the road and see trash on the road. Knowing what I just came home from going, is that, you know, is that a bomb? Is that IED or is that, you know, real trash? Obviously, we know around here it's going to be, it's just trash, but that mindset when you come home, it's a struggle to reintegrate into society. People look at you weird, you know, something's wrong with this person. No, I'm struggling. Um, you know, what started it was I went to the, you know, the VA hospital and um, got prescribed pain pills and, you know, mental health pills um, that wasn't doing it for me. So I took it upon myself to say, hey, you know, I've done cocaine before, so I know what that feels like. I'm going see if that helps me. Mm. And it went downhill. Um, and then it began, you know, digging into meth a little bit here and there. And then the needles came and not wanting to be here anymore, wanting to die, just go away. And yeah, grace of God, you know, I've had a lot of spiritual awakenings and it's really kind of helped me get to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. So, so man, so you, you really went down the, the domino effect, I guess is, I don't know what I'll refer to it as in this moment, but just like one thing after the another, it just, and it led to, uh, uh, to just being in a, a place of, it sounds like pure, just defeat and desperation. And, um, like, was there a, was there a specific moment that God spoke to you or that you had a spiritual awakening that like, what was that, that finally made you kind of turn a page and start on a different path? Yeah, so it's a cool story. I mean, obviously, cool story now. But yeah. you know, I had lost house, lost jobs. I was you know, homeless and trying to get into a rehab center in um, Kansas. Mm. 
ended up relapsing over there. They kicked me out. So I had, you know, I had a car still because it hadn't been repoed yet. They were searching yes. for me. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting in a parking lot and the word superior was in front of me. And the two letters, it was a stormy night. So I was listening to some Christian music and just listening to whatever I could think of to help me, you know, motivate me to figure out what I could do. Yeah. And I just asked, I said, can you give me a sign? Give me a sign on what to do. And the two letters that were not lit up were ER out of Superior. And so where the, uh, the storm was, was over the VA hospital. So I went to the VA hospital. They couldn't get me in there at you know, two in the morning. So they put me up in a homeless shelter and ended up, you know, sleeping there, but didn't want to be there, but it was the only place I had that time. And just the next day I went to McDonald's. I had probably $10 to my name, mm. got a little sandwich, was just trying to, you know, survive. And the guy that was at the homeless shelter, the shelter that checked me in, he happened to be behind me. And this gentleman was with him. He's like, Hey, you want to eat breakfast with us? Uh, sure. You know, so he started do- talking all, uh, you know, Bible stuff and praying and he handed me a hundred dollar bill. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm a drug addict. You know this. Well, I didn't know that. But God told me this morning that I needed to help somebody. Mm. And you're that person that is in my path. I said, all right. So they asked me what I wanted to do. Um, I went and got a little bit of groceries, just enough to you know, snack on and stuff. And I wanted to sleep out near the river. I, I grew up in Maine on a pond, so being out in nature just kind of helped me, you know, breathe and relax and kind of clear my mind a little bit. After that, I ended up going back to uh, Missouri, and I told my ex-wife, I said, I'm getting on a bus, and I'm going home to Maine. I'm going to fix myself. Hmm. Um, you know, my parents didn't think it was the right decision, thought it was dumb. I needed to go to rehab. Um, so I, I just I had to keep working the plan and working what I was doing. Yeah. And that's when I ran organization Canines on the front line and stayed sober, you know, listened to a bunch of you know podcasts, just listened to music that kind of helped me during the struggle of times to get me through what I needed to get through. Wow. So, so you did, so you ended up back in Maine to go. Yeah. For about a year, you know, I left my kids here in Missouri. Um, once I graduated the service dog program with my service dog, I said, I'm coming back to Missouri. I'm going to be with my kids, but I'm going to start the program um, in Missouri. Got so uh, my wife and I will actually be taking over the entire organization. Um, we've been running here since 2018. So it's a really good feeling and you know, almost seven years clean and uh, in, in a couple yeah. weeks. So it's really cool to see where I was to where I am now. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats on on uh, starting. So so basically, you took canines on the front line, which was, and I'm just trying to kind of talk out loud, and, and um, so I understand correctly, like, it was an organization in Maine, and then you took it and opened up a chapter of it, or or, or, or a, a branch of it in yep. Missouri. And, yes, and, now, that's- and now that's where it's established and growing, and you guys are going to take over the whole thing out there. Out about 200 veterans and, and dogs since 2018. So that's amazing, man. That's we'll be able awesome. to keep growing, hopefully, and, and yeah. help you even more. Isn't it crazy, man? Like, um, like what, like what God does when we just do the next right thing. Like we live in this world of, and, I, and I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not judging anyone or saying anything. But like, I, I feel like I've gotten better at it. I'm 
grateful for that, but just being mindful of it is a task sometimes like on the go, go, like I need to do this. I need to do that. I got, you know, I, I need, I got to get here or I should be there. Or I should have, would have, could have all that stuff or, or, the, or, the, or we beat ourselves up too. Like, why didn't I do it this way? Or I'm a piece of crap or whatever. And like all Every of that stuff. Yeah. And all of that stuff is up here. And most of it is complete bullshit at the end of the day. Like it's really like when we just focus on doing the next right thing, God opens those doors and things happen. And um, like even the guy that you met in the McDonald's, like how crazy, do you ever talk to that dude, by the way? Or do you stay in touch with him? I go to the homeless shelter and hope I can find that guy again. Cause I just want to tell him what he's done for. Yeah, that would be so cool. If you ever do end up connecting with him, man, like I would love to hear what, I mean, cause that's, you know, that's a total God moment right there. Like that's, oh. and that really, um, you know, that, that changed the trajectory of your whole path. In a, I mean, at least the way that's how I take it. Some stranger believed in me and, Dude. you know, handed a bill, you know, handed a drug addict a hundred dollar bill Yeah, in the past. Just walked out and found the next dealer and, you know, spent that hundred bucks and, you know, shot up again. Yeah. But it, what he said to me that day was just so inspiring yeah. and real. I said, man, this guy believes me. I can't use this for drugs. I've got to, you know, get home to, to, to Maine. I need to get home and, you know, grab a little bit of food. Just keep the money until you can keep growing yeah. it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, and, and to me, like when I hear that, that is an example of the power of, of God to me, the power of um, connecting and like he was obedient in what God told him to do that morning. And God was speaking to you through him. And then you were obedient in the path of like, I just like, I got to try to do the next right thing, you know? And man, I, so that's just cool, man. Thanks for sharing, sharing a bit of that. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I hope that someone out there listening can find some hope in that too. If you're struggling, you know, like there's always hope, like don't quit, don't give up, um, you know, and, and just, just try to do the next right thing. And when you do that, God works and it's crazy. I don't, I don't get it. And I, the more I try to understand it, the less I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I just kind of go with it. When you, when it comes, you take it and, yeah. you know, to wake up every morning and, you know, we pray and, you know, just thank God for giving us another day that, you know, we're here on earth. So, yeah. So, so I want to get into, um, to the, uh, adapt framework. Um, we're going to talk about the stigma of mental illness and then, uh, forgiveness, which is just such a great topic. Um, before we dive into those, just, just, can you take a couple of minutes and just kind of tell us what, what it's like today for you, for your family, like what, what this means? It means a lot, you know, it's still a daily struggle every week, you know, every, every moment we're alive, we're, we're still struggling. Um, but where I was wanting to die and not want to be here. Um, my biggest thing is teaching my kids and being the dad that they need me to be now and letting them know things happen in life. Once you overcome, it's what you do after that, you know, mistakes happen. So just living that model life for my kids so they can understand, Hey, I can talk to dad if I make a mistake, he's not going to you know, punish me. You know, I grew up, I couldn't talk to my dad. It was more just suck it up, move on. Things will get better. Yeah. But I don't want my kids to be that way. I want my kids to be, hey, we can talk to dad. He's going to help us. Um, he's going to work with us. And if we make a mistake, we're going to figure out what we need to do to change that. So uh, the way my life is now is I, I could never imagine. It. So 
I never, you know, seven years ago, I never would have said, yeah, I'm the you know, director of an organization providing service dogs to veterans. Never in a million years would have said I'm an author. So, you know, it's been a journey, and I'm just so glad to be on this side of the journey now. And, you know, I, I give a lot of my, you know, all my thanks and, and thanks to God. God. God put me where I was at, but I had to do the work too, so. Amen to that. I love it. Um, man, it's so cool. Uh, it's kind of a random question here, um, but just popped into my head. Do you follow um, uh, Mike Glover, American Contingency, any of those guys? Yes, I do. Love, yep. Love those dudes. I love that organization. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a connection for you, you know, to, to um, somehow in, integrate, you know, some of the work that you're doing or whatever, man. Because um, they're... Yep. They're doing all kinds of great stuff too. And I just see, um, you know, canines on canines on the front line. What a great organization to help others, you know? Um, Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's kind of talk about this adapt uh, or adapt uh, framework that you use to help others um, with stuff that they're going through in their own life. So like for someone out there listening, like just tell us a little bit about what you do and how that works. And then we'll talk about how they might be able to get in touch with you or if they have a loved one who might need help or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that adapted over Ken came from my military experience and that's, you know, that was what the military instilled in us. So it's an acronym. Um, a, the first A is acknowledge. So when you're going through your struggles, and I had to reverse engineer and try to figure out what I did to recover. And the first thing was I had to acknowledge I had an issue. You know, a lot of us go through sobriety or go through alcoholism or, or drug addiction, and we're not aware. No, nah, I'm fine. I can put it down. So the first step is acknowledging. Um, the next one is decide. Decide to make that change. Um, things are also going to come up in life where the next letter is A, is aware. you got to be aware. So, you know, you have triggers out there. You know, you go to a grocery store or a gas station, what do you see? You see cigarettes, you see alcohol. Yeah. So those triggers are there, especially for the, for the uh, alcoholics and stuff that are always there. They're more susceptible to seeing that all the time. So you have to be aware of the triggers. Um, and the next is being persistent. You know, if you want it bad enough, you're going to persist to overcome whatever your challenges are at that point in time. And then the last one is taking the stairs. Um, there's no way to, you know, no elevators to success is, you know, without taking the stairs first. So I like it. There's just one of those things I wrote up and I said, this is what I did when I went through it. So I'm going right. to write on, write them. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, you can break down, you can break down each part of that and, and really apply it to different situations and different, um, parts of, of life. And I love taking the stairs too, cause uh, it's like, it's such a simple way to put it, but it, uh, that, that kind of analogy applies to so many things in life, because especially in today's culture, we want everything now, like 30 seconds is too long to hold somebody's attention. I feel like, you know, we just want to immediately be sober for 10 years. We immediately want to be fit. We immediately want our marriage to be perfect. We immediately want to be great, successful business. Like it doesn't work like that. Like it, like it takes practice. It takes a lot of fail. Like most of the people who are successful, they failed so many times before, you know, but they didn't quit. They kept going. And um, I, I think that that is, uh, is a great way to put it, just to put it so simple like that. Like take the stairs, man. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you know, when you take an elevator of life, what happens? What if that, what the power goes out? Well, you're oh. stuck in that elevator with no way out. 
Mm. So at least with the yellow, uh, the stairs, you, you fall down, you pick yourself back up, you take that step forward and you keep on climbing until you get to yeah. where you want to be and, and then figure out something else and keep on climbing. Yeah. So, so how do we change mindset? Um, and, and then how do we break stigma around mental illness? So the mindset is, you know, it's obviously we can help so many people every day, right? But if they're not helping themselves and they're not changing their mind of wanting to do it, it's almost impossible to help them. Um, you know, a lot of people tried to help. I'm sure people tried to help you. People tried to help me. And I just was not ready. Yeah. That, you know, the beginning stage of aware and decide. Yes, I'm aware now that I have a problem. What am I going to do to fix that? So I'm going to decide to change. Um, heck, that's, you know, that whole ADAPT framework can be used for anything. You know, if you go to eat McDonald's every day, you, you, you're you aware that you have a problem with McDonald's fetish. And what am I going to do? I'm going to decide I don't want McDonald's anymore because it's, it's going to kill me. Yeah. Uh, but it all starts with the person on the inside. And I think the more and more we talk about it, stuff like this, the better off people are going to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Man, when you're talking about eating McDonald's every day, do you remember that documentary that guy did where he just ate McDonald's for like 30 days in a row? <laughs> oh. Supersize me. Is that what it was? What's that? Supersize Super- me. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. And I just remember like on day, you know, 20 something, he just, he was just like, he, he looked green. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. he was just slow and oh man, that just sounds terrible. Oh man, that's funny though. Um, yeah. So my, my mindset though, man, yeah, that's, that's such a, that's such a big one. And I think like for me, mindset, it starts with just being conscious of stuff. Like, cause we're on, we're on overdrive and we're on autopilot so often I feel like, you know, and like, it's, it's hard even sometimes like I have to remind myself like, okay, am I operating out of like being mindful and con and conscious or am I operating right now out of just on autopilot and like real in the flesh. And I I've been noticing that when I have bouts of like anxiety or I start to feel overwhelmed or I get and all of it's based on, it comes back to fear, you know, but all those times and then all it could go on for a couple of days. I can't remember. I was just talking about this on something on a, another podcast or something, but like it could go on for days and then, and then, and then all of a sudden something will happen and I'll go, Oh yeah. Like, I don't have to do this. Like I'm not conscious right now. And it like snaps out of it. And then I'm back to like mindfulness and back into the mindset. And a lot of that anxiety and stuff starts to clear. Um, what's your take on just like consciousness? And, you know, I know you've, you've been around the world, you've seen a lot of different stuff and, um, you know, being in a, a God led dude too, like what, what does that look like for you? Yes, you know, I always like try to use the phrase, a lot of it's in our frontal cortex in our brain. And, you know, it's so easy for it to go in our back of our brain and it's that fight or flight method. method. And if we're not being cautious of it every second of the day, we're going to go in the back of our brain 24-7. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's developing that habit of being in the front of your brain and using the front of your brain to make those constant decisions. We know right from wrong. But we have to be conscious of every single time where, you know, somebody makes us mad and I'm guilty of it. I just had this not too long ago about my service dog. She's a pit bull mix. Mm. And that breed right there has bad uh, reputation. And I just, I snapped, you know, I got him cranky with him. I I smarted off something I shouldn't have. 
um, instead of just going, all right, just walk away. They don't know what they're talking about. So it's one of those ongoing battles. You know, we're all humans. I'm not perfect. You aren't. Nobody is. And but if we're working on that every single day to improve ourselves, we're, we're going to overcome that stuff in time. Yeah. It's going to become a habit. Routine. Yeah. It's it it, be, it does. It becomes a habit. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a practice. And I mm-hmm. think that's a great segue into into forgiveness. You know, right now and forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, forgiving past. You know, stuff that may have happened to us or maybe that we we did ourselves. Um, wh- what's been the the biggest you know part? Or, or difficult part for you of, of forgiveness and give us your take on that. So I'd have to say, you know, like when, when I was 10 years old, my parents went through a horrible divorce um, and I felt like a ping pong ball. So growing up, I never talked about it. It was just, you know, I hear my parents talk about each other and um, I'd move on. And then when the military happened, everything I've witnessed there just still didn't talk about it. And that's, you know, when I started struggling um, once I started going into a program um, called the Purpose Company, it was you know I read the book, you know talked about my origin story. What where where, my, where did my struggles start? You know, so it started with my childhood having that little bit of trauma that I never dealt with, along with being you know adopted as a young kid, not having that you know love and compassion that I needed. So I am losing my train of thought. Where was I at? Or where, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Well, just, um, no, that's okay, man. You're, you're doing great. Like, uh, I was just, I just kind of wanted to hear like your take on forgiveness. And you were talking a little bit about that ability to, or, or not ability really to communicate and, and to talk about stuff. And it sounded like you were kind of going into maybe having some resentments and misunderstandings about all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I got lost track. Of what I was that's saying. okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. I had it built up inside of me and I never worked on it. So everything was always, you know, that, that victim mentality was wow. everything was against me when it really wasn't. It was just, that was part of life that I'd never talked about and never dealt with. So I always blamed everybody else. And it was that it's not my fault. It's yours. You know how they have that saying is every time you point a finger at someone, you got three pointing back to you. Yeah. It, it was that. And until I could start working on that, going, okay, so they went through a divorce. Many people go through a divorce. You know, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. You're kind of dealing with it that way and just, you know, learning to forgive that people make mistakes. Mm. So once I realized, hey, I made a mistake, but it's not what defines me now because I've changed that part of my life. And now yeah. I'm doing different things to, to, to move forward. So, man, that and I've talked about this, you know, many times on the show in my own experience and then with others, but that victim mentality that you brought up and man, that thing will absolutely destroy you. (laughs) It will destroy, um, you know, every, everything that you, um, you can have aspirations to do and be and become. And if, when you sit in that, it just, it's, it's miserable, you know? So, um, how, how did you, how did you get out of that victim mentality? Just, was there anything specific or at least being conscious of it, I guess, is a start. Being honest with myself. Mm. Um, once I started being honest with myself and being honest around with people around me, things started to change. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're going through addiction phase, we're lying, we're cheating, we're stealing. And once you're starting to be honest with everything that you're doing, 
it just becomes a habit and a routine of um, being honest about everything in my life. So if I'm screwing up, I'm going to, I'm going to own it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it a name and define what I'm doing wrong. How do I fix it? Yeah, that's good. Um, We just got a few minutes left. I wanted to talk a little bit about canines on the front line. Like tell us a little bit about the organization. Um, What do you guys, you know, how does the process work and then where could folks reach out if they were interested in getting in contact with you and getting more info? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we provide, you know, we pair veterans with primarily rescue dogs, saving two lives at the same time. We put them in a program for 20 to 22 weeks, teaching them everything they need to know about their dog. And the veteran pays nothing. So we do fundraisers. We, you know, we do, uh, we just had an event at the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri nice. uh, a couple of weeks ago and it did very well for us. Um, so it's just, it, it's putting them through the program, but it's a peer support group too. You know, the veterans are all there together. So if they're struggling, it's, it's just like a, you know, a, a, a group session where group therapy session where if you struggle, we're here for you. Nice. It's a band, it's a brotherhood, it's a band of brothers. I love it. Um, you know, and maybe we can talk a little bit more off offline about this, but I'm just thinking, I mean, we, we get emails and, um, you know, I talk to folks who are veterans who sometimes don't know where to go. Maybe, I mean, I would love to put canines on the front line, like on our resources page and then have, a con, you know, stay in contact with you. So if anyone does reach out, like there's, I mean, that's a solid resource and I can get you guys connected or whatever, if that's cool. That would be awesome. Um, right now, we're in the transition of the Facebook or for our website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of its main, but if they want to find us on Facebook, it's you know facebook.com forward slash mo k the letter k number nine s is in Sam O T F L. So on okay. the front line. Perfect. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm just double checking. I think you sent the link to. Yep, I see it there. So I'll make sure that all those links are are in the show notes for anyone listening, so they're real easy for you to find too. Uh, before we wrap up, too, obviously I mentioned in the in the intro, man, you just wrote your first book, Unleashed: uh, The Powerfully Simple Path to Adapt and Overcome Trauma, Addiction, and the Silent Battle with Mental Illness. Um, give us a little take on that. Um, where what should folks expect with it, and then where could they where could they find that? Uh, you can find it on Amazon, um, or you can go to the website unleash unleash mental illness.com. Um, I am very real in there. I'm very raw. I don't hold anything back. I admit everything that I did in my life that, that brought me to that. But I also put put in there on you know what I did to hurt my kids, but how I dug myself out of the depths of, of addiction to get to where I'm at now. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Love it, man. I love it. I'm with you in that one too. Um, all right. Last, last question for you. And I'd really like to speak to, um, any veterans, any first responders out there listening right now, because I, I, I know that we do have a lot who listen to this show. Um, if, you know, if someone's struggling right now, uh, Jason, like what, what would you tell them? What, what could they do? Um, what advice would you have for them? Don't give up. Um, it's not a race. I like to use a phrase, be the turtle. Um, you know, we always try to, we want things so much right now, but life's not going to happen like that. You know, it took you a ways. It took you a long time to dig yourself into that hole. It's going to take you a while to get yourself out. Mm-hmm. Don't give up, reach out, talk to people that have been through it. They can help you and, you know, ask yourself what you can do right now to adapt and overcome to 
to get yourself where you need to be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Thank you. Um, one, one quick thing too, does, so if somebody wanted to, um, connect about canines on the front line, do they have to be in Missouri or is it, is it, can they be anywhere basically and still do the program? Uh, we are working on that right now. They don't have to be in Missouri. Um, it's something that if I don't, if I can't help them, I have organizations that I know in different states that will be able to help them. So I'm definitely a resource to, to help people. Last thing I want to do is leave a brother behind. So yeah, I would do I need to do to find out what we can do to get them helped. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hey, dude, you're 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 a great man, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate your service and uh, all the work that you're doing. Um, uh, keep it up, man. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Appreciate you having me. It's been an honor to be here, and keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope something spoke to you. Share the podcast with a friend. You can connect with us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. We'll put all the links. Uh, today in the show notes so they're very easy for you to find for Jason's book uh, as well as canines on the front line love you guys peace, love and respect keep your blood clean